Shalom, Alekum, peace be upon you, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, this morning we are looking at this week's Torah portion. Well, at least half of this week's Torah portion. Uh, it's one of the double weeks. It's actually calling for Hakat and Balak, and we're just going to read Parsha Barlak. Balak, uh, for the sake of time. Parsha Balak, Balak being the name of the Moabite king in the day of Moses. Let me read this from the TorahPortions.org uh, website. It's also the name of the 40th reading from the Torah. It comes from the second verse of this week's reading, which says, Now Balak, the son of Zephar, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. This week's Torah reading tells the story of how Balak hires the occult prophet Balaam to lay a curse on Israel. Balaam meets resistance from God, has a conversation with his donkey, and ends up blessing Israel instead of cursing them. So many of you have, have heard the story, and it's honestly, it deserves a larger study than what we're able to get done this morning. Um, because there's just a lot going in, going on here. Um, our focus is going to be on the spiritual realm, the unseen realm. That's kind of what we're going to focus in on uh, this morning. But Balaam is just an interesting character. Number one, he's not part of Israel. Yet he is a true prophet because he actually does hear from Jehovah and he does obey Jehovah. But at the same time, he's considered an occult prophet, a prophet for profit, if you will. Uh, the king is under the impression that with enough bribery and enough money, this prophet can and is not only capable, but also willing to pronounce a curse. Very, very bizarre. It's a bizarre story, um, and an interesting one. And like I said, it certainly deserves a deeper look. Hopefully one day I'll have the time to really dive into lots of uh, uh, study into it, Jewish commentary, all of those things. But for this morning, we're just going to read the story. We're going to ponder some of these bizarre things. And my prayer is that the Word of God will pierce your hearts and just give you a hunger for His Word and that relationship with Him and His Son. So with that backdrop, let's jump into Numbers chapter 22, the story of Balak and Balaam. I'm going to read from the Hallelujah Scriptures, and uh, yeah, let's begin. Chapter 22 from the book of Numbers. And the children of Yisrael departed and camped in the desert plains of Moab, beyond the Yarden of Yericho. And Balak, son of Zephor, saw that Yisrael had done to the Amorites. And Moab was exceedingly afraid of the people because they were many. 
And Moab was in dread because of the children of Israel. And Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this company is licking up all that is around us, as an ox licks up the grass of the field. Abelach, son of Zephor, was sovereign of the Moabites at that time. And he sent messengers to Belom, son of Beor, at Pethor, which is near the river, in the land of the sons of the people, to call him, saying, See, a people has come from Mitzrayim, that is to say, Egypt. See, they have covered the surface of the land and are sitting next to me. And now please come at once, curse this people for me, for they are too strong for me. It might be that I smite them and drive them out of the land, for I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian left with divination fee in their hand, and they came to Bilam and spoke the words of Balak to him. And he said to them, Spend the night here, and I shall bring back word to you as Jehovah speaks to me. So the heads of Moab stayed with Balaam. And Elohim came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? And Balaam said, Elohim, Balak, son of Zephor, sovereign of Moab, has sent to me, saying, See, a people has come out of Mitzrayim and cover the surface of the land. Come now, curse them for me. It might be that I am able to fight against them and drive them out. And Elohim said to Bilam, Do not go with them. You do not curse the people, for they are blessed. Please note, we, we say Balaam, right? And I've said it a couple times as I read through this, but uh, in Hebrew, it looks like it's Bilam. Bil-am. Bil-am. So that's why you're hearing me say it that way, and that's the way the Hallelujah Scriptures presents it. So the king comes to the prophet. He knows who this prophet is. He's obviously a Gentile prophet. It's very strange. Um, but he sends his people to Bilam with a divination fee. So he's got his money for some divination. We need some sorcery. We need some occult sorcery from you. And Bilam doesn't say, no way, I'm not doing that evil thing. What's he say? Well, let me talk to Jehovah. <laughs> so he does. It says that Elohim came to Bilam and said, who are these men with you? Now, why does, first of all, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but God does this, right? He asks questions that he already knows the answer to. It's just kind of like when he goes to the Garden of Eden, he asks where, you know, where he is. He knows where he's at. And starts asking questions about what they've done. He knows what they've done. It's almost like he wants to see if they're going to try to lie or not. And he says to Bilam. You know, what, let's get to verse 12. Here's what he says. He says, And Elohim said to Bilam, Do not go with them. You do not curse the people, for they are Baruch, that is to say, blessed. Verse 13. And Bilam rose in the morning and said to the heads of Balak, Go back to your land, 
for Jehovah has refused to allow me to go with you. And the heads of Moab arose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Then Balak again sent heads more numerous and more esteemed than they. So the king's like, okay, he won't come with these people. I'm going to send even more uh, higher stature people to see if Balak will succumb to that temptation. Verse 16, And they came to Bilam and said to him, This is what Balak, son of Zephor, said. Do not be withheld from coming to me, please, for I esteem you very greatly. And whatever you say to me, I do. Therefore, please come, curse this people for me. And Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me his house filled with silver and gold, I am unable to go beyond the word of Jehovah, my Elohim, to do less or to do more. And now please, you also stay here tonight and let me find out what more Jehovah says to me. So please note, this is why Bilam is so interesting. He's clearly obedient, right? Like he says, he says, I'm unable. It doesn't matter what you offer me. You can offer me your whole house filled with silver and gold. I'm unable to do anything more or less than what I am commanded by Jehovah my God. Yet he's still kind of <laughs> he's he's interesting. It's like he's kind of compromised morally. Or is he? Let's also not forget that he probably doesn't have the law, right? It appears that he is like a Gentile prophet. So many questions can be raised. He doesn't have the law, so he's not really, he's not, maybe he doesn't act in the exact same behavior as a prophet out of Israel would. But he still seems to be obedient. I can't do more, I can't do less. It doesn't matter what you offer me. Let's continue on. Verse 19. And now please, you also stay here tonight and let me find out what more Jehovah says to me. And Elohim came to Bilam at night and said to him, if the men come to call you, rise and go with them, but only the word which I speak to you, that you do. And Bilam rose in the morning and saddled his donkey and went up with the heads of Moab. But the, but the displeasure of Elohim burned because he went. And the messenger of Jehovah stationed himself in the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding his donkey and his two servants were with him. Please note, we have a strange thing here. What does Elohim say to Bilam in the night? He said, If the men call you, rise and go with them, but only the word which I speak to you that you do. Okay, so Elohim tells him, go with them if they call for you. So then Bilam rises in the morning and he saddles his donkey and he goes up with the heads of Moab. And then it says, but the displeasure of Elohim burned because he went. So we have an issue here. God's saying go, but then he goes and now God's mad at him for going. 
well, what is happening here? I think there's a couple of things. Number one, if you look at uh, some Jewish commentary, which I've done in the Kamash last year when we read through this, the commentary is that the reason Elohim is mad is because of Balaam's eagerness to go with them. Like he's up early, he saddles his own donkey, he doesn't have an, he doesn't, you know, and he's just right away, he's ready to go with them. So that could be one thing. The other issue is the statement from God is that if they call, go with them, but it doesn't say that they, they called him. It just says that he got up early and took off with them. So there may be something to that thought, that commentary, that it's, about, it's not about the fact that Balaam is just doing what he was commanded. It's that his posture, his heart, his eagerness is to go with them. So something is going on that we don't have complete detail to. And God is not happy. So now God has sent the angel of the Lord, as it would say in the King James, a messenger of Jehovah. And he has stationed him in the way to be an adversary against him. And he was riding on his donkey and his two servants were with him. Verse 23. And the donkey saw the messenger of Jehovah standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the way and he went into the field. And so Bilam beat the donkey to turn her back into the way. Then the messengers of Jehovah, then the messenger of Jehovah stood in a narrow passage between the vineyards with a wall on this side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the messenger of Jehovah, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Bilam's foot against the wall. And so he beat her again. And the messenger of Jehovah went further and he stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn aside right or left. And when the donkey saw the messenger of Jehovah, she lay down under Balaam. So Bilam's displeasure burned and he beat the donkey with his staff. Then Jehovah opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Bilam, What have I done to you that you have beaten me these three times? And Bilam said to the donkey, Because you have mocked me. If there were a sword in my hand, for I would have killed you by now. The donkey said to Bilam, Am I not your donkey? on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day, was I ever known to do so to you? And he said, No. Then Jehovah opened Bilam's eyes, and he saw the messenger of Jehovah standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And he bowed his head and fell on his face. And the messenger of Jehovah said to him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? See, I have come out to stand against you because your way is reckless before me. And the donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. And if she had not turned aside from me, I certainly would have killed you by now and let her live. Okay, let's stop for a second. What a wild story, right? So there is the angel of the Lord 
the messenger of Jehovah blocking the way. Bilaam can't see it, even though he's a prophet of Jehovah. But his simple donkey can. And the donkey is obviously afraid. There's this angelic being. Angel of the Lord. Messenger of Jehovah. Many think that the message... We're not going to get into this debate, but I'm just telling you what many believe. Many believe that in the Old Testament, when you see the messenger of Jehovah, that that is the same person as the Son of God. It's an interesting concept, and there's good arguments for it. I'm not going to you know, pick a side on that right now, because that's not what we're talking about. But this is what we're potentially up against. <laughs> Needless to say, the donkey is terrified, as it should be. So the donkey's just trying to avoid going forward. We have these incidences where Billum's getting mad. He's beating the donkey. Then Jehovah opens the donkey's mouth, and the donkey speaks. And oddly enough, Billum doesn't say, Whoa, how is my donkey talking? No, he just dialects with the donkey. And uh, we've speculated about this. Uh, the Book of Jubilees talks about how the animals used to talk before the flood. This is clearly after the flood, but... Nonetheless, um, we have the same issue with Eve. She doesn't go, whoa, a talking snake. No, she just continues to dialect with it. There's something obviously going on there. Um, I've talked about that in depth. You can go check out the studies uh, on the YouTube channel. Just search for talking animals. Or, or it, you can find the uh, Book of Jubilees uh, study where we, we dive into that a little bit deeper. So... That's not the issue I want to talk about. I want to talk about the unseen realm here. So let's take note of that real quick. There is obviously an unseen realm. And it's... I don't think we think about it much because... we, You know, we just can't... Sim we simply just can't see it and it seems spectacular and... But the reality is, is that we're surrounded by these powers, good and evil. And there's a spiritual war going on. And there's behind the scenes things going on that we can't see. I often wonder if sometimes our, our animals and our pets can see. Yeah, the, the Egyptians, as an example had the tradition about cats and how cats, you know, they had, they loved cats and they believed that the cats were, could help protect them from the underworld or something. You know, they, they believed that the cats could see that stuff. This donkey can see what's going on here. Let me give you another example out of the Bible. There was a prophet named Elisha. This was Elijah's protege. And there's a situation where a king is enraged. You'll have to read the whole story out of 2 Kings, but he's 2 Kings chapter 6, but he sends an army. And that's where I'm going to pick up that story. We're only going to read a handful of verses. I just want you to see uh, the relationship to this verse here. So let's go to 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 11. Now the heart of the king of Aram was enraged over this matter. And he called his servants and he said to them, 
Will you not tell me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, No, my lord, the king, but Elisha, the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words you speak in your bedroom. So he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send men to take him. And it was told to him, saying, Behold, he is in the thorn. So he sent horses and chariots and a substantial army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. So this king sends an army. He's, sur- he's, he's after the prophet Elisha. Verse 15. Now when the attendant of the man of God, so Elisha had a servant, when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And a servant said to him, This is hopeless, my master. What are we to do? And he said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are greater than them than those who are with them. So Elijah, Elisha, I'm sorry, his servant wakes up in a panic, sees this army surrounding them. He says, "This is there's no hope. There's what are we going to do?" Elisha is not worried about it at all. He says to his servant, "Don't be afraid. <laughs> you know, the, those who are with us are more than those who are with them," which I'm sure would make the servant say, "What are you talking about?" Verse 17. Then Elisha prayed and said. Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. It's a powerful story. And it demonstrates the unseen realm. Elisha wasn't worried because God had sent an army much larger than the human army that was faced, that Elisha was facing. All around Elisha is an army of horses and chariots of fire. So much is going on that we cannot see and we cannot comprehend and we live in fear and anxiety and we're so worried and we forget that they have no power compared to the power of our God. So much going on. There's going to be a day, obviously, when these things are revealed to us. And we're probably going to be shocked. And maybe even a little bit of ashamed. Because we may find that all those times that we were in such a panic, we were so We were surrounded by messengers of God. And he had been taking care of us and protecting us. And we might be astonished to find out how many times that we were protected. And we didn't even know there was a threat. We were just going on with our day. And it was intervention in the spiritual realm on our behalf that we had no clue about. It's an interesting topic to think about and to study. But we've got to finish our portion because we're running out of time. Let's continue on. 
And Bilam said to the messenger of Jehovah, I have sinned, for I did not know that you stood in the way against me. And now, if evil is in your eyes, let me turn back. And the messenger of Jehovah said to Bilam, Go with the men, but only the word that I speak to you that you speak. Bilam then went with the heads of Balak. When Balak heard that Bilam was coming, he went out to meet him in the city of Moab, which is on the border at Arnon, which is in the extremity of the border. And Balak said to Bilam, Did I not urgently send to you, calling for you? Why did you not come to me? And am I not able to esteem you? And Bilam said to Balak, See, I have come to you. Now am I at all able to say somewhat? The word that Elohim puts in my mouth, that I speak. And Bilam went with Balak, and they came to Kariath Hutzot. And Balak slaughtered cattle and sheep, and sent some to Bilam and to the heads who were with him. And it came to be in the morning that Balak took Bilam and brought him up on a high place of Baal. And from there he saw the extremity of the camp. By the way, I'm not going to keep interrupting, but I just want to add this one thought. There's there's some similarity to what's getting ready to happen and kind of like what happened with Jesus. What happens? Satan takes him up to all these places and shows him and offers him all these things, right? In exchange for worship. Offering him the whole world in exchange for worship. And here we have this king. He's the, this occult prophet. And he's offering the prophet, you know, money trying and showing him, taking him to high places, high places of Baal, by the way. Let's not overlook that. In exchange for cursing Israel. To me, that just, it just jumps out. Verse, chapter 23, verse 1. And Balaam said to Balak, Build seven altars for me here, and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me here. And Balak did as Balaam had spoken, and Balak and Balaam offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Balaam then said to Balak, stand by your burnt offering and let me go on. It might be that Jehovah comes to meet me. Whatever he shows me, I shall declare to you. And he went to bear to a bare height. And Elohim came to Balaam and he said to him, I have prepared seven altars and I have offered on each altar a bull and a ram. And Jehovah put a word in the mouth of Balaam and he said, return to Balak. And this is what you say. And he returned to him, and he saw him standing by his burnt offering, he and all the heads of Moab. And he took up this proverb and said, Balak the sovereign of Moab has brought me from Aram, from the mountains of the east. Come curse Jacob for me, and come rage at Yisrael. How do I curse whom El has not cursed, and how do I rage at whom Jehovah has not raged? From the top of the rocks I see him. From the hills I observe him, look, a people dwelling alone, not reckoning itself among the nations. Who shall count the dust of Yaakov and the number of one-fourth of Yisrael? Let me die the death of the upright, and let my end be like his. Balak said to Bilam, What have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, and look, you have kept on blessing. And he answered and he said, Should I not take heed and speak what Jehovah has put in my mouth? 
And Block said to him, Please come with me to another place from where you see them. You only see the extremity, but not all of them. Curse them from me there. And he took him to the field of Tsophium, to the top of Pisgah, and built seven altars and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. And he said to Balak, Stand here by your burnt offering while I meet over there. And Jehovah came to Bilam and put a word in his mouth, and he said, Go back to Balak and say this. So he went to him, and he saw him standing by the burnt offering at the, and the heads of Moab with him. And Balak asked him, What did Jehovah say? And he took up this proverb and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear. Listen to me, son of Siphor. El is not a man to lie, nor the son of man to repent. As he said, and he would he not do it, or spoken, and would not confirm it? See, I have received to bless, and he has blessed, and I do not reverse it. He has not looked upon the wickedness in Jacob, nor has he seen trouble in Israel. Jehovah is Elohim. Or, I'm sorry, Jehovah his Elohim is with him, and the shout of a sovereign is in him. Elohim brought them out of Mitzrayim. It's for them like the horns of a wild ox. For there is no sorcery against Jacob, nor is there any divination against Yisrael. Now it is said to Jacob and to Yisrael, What has El done? Look, a people rises like a lioness and lifts itself on the like a lion. It lies not down until it devours the prey and drinks the blood of the slain. And Balak said to Bilam, Do not curse them at all, nor bless them at all. And Balaam answered and said to Balak, Have I not spoken to you, saying, All that Jehovah speaks, that I do. And Balak said to Balaam, Please come, let me take you to another place. It might be right in the eyes of Elohim that you curse them for me from there. And Balak took Bilam to the top of Peor that overlooks the wasteland. And Bilam said to Balak, Build seven altars for me here, and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me here. And Balak did as Bilam had said, and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. And Bilam saw that it pleased Jehovah to bless Yisrael. He did not go at other times to seek to use sorcery. But he put his face towards the wilderness. And Balaam lifted up his eyes, and he saw Yisrael encamped according to their tribes, and the Ruach of Elohim came upon him. And he took up this proverb and said, The saying of Bilam, son of Beor, and the saying of the man whose eyes are opened, and the saying of him who hears the words of El, who sees the vision of El Shaddai, who falls down with his eyes open wide. How good are your tents, O Yaakov, your dwellings, O Yisrael, like waters that stretched out, like gardens by the river, like aloes planted by Jehovah, like cedars beside the waters. He makes water flow from his buckets, and his seed is in many waters. His sovereign is higher than Agag, and his reign is exalted. El, who brought him out of Mitzrayim, is for them like the horns of the wild ox. He devours nations, his enemies, and he breaks their bones, and he strikes through with his arrows. 
He bowed down and laid down like a lion and like a lion who would rouse him. Blessed is he who blesses you and cursed is he who curses you. Then the displeasure of Balak burned against Bilam. He struck his hands together. Balak then said to Bilam, I summoned you to curse my enemies and see you have kept blessing these three times. And now flee to your place. I said I would greatly esteem you and see Jehovah has kept you back from esteem. And Balaam said to Balak, Did I not also speak to your messengers, whom you sent to me, saying, If Balak should give me his house filled with silver and gold, I am unable to go beyond the word of Jehovah, to do either good or evil on my own heart. What Jehovah speaks, that I speak. And now see, I am going to my people. Come, let me advise you on what this people is going to do to your people in the latter days. He took up this proverb, and he said the saying, of Bilam, son of Beor, and the saying of the man whose eyes are open, the saying of him who hears the words of El, who knows the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of El Shaddai, who falls down with his eyes open wide. I see him, but not now. I observe him, but not near. A star shall come out of Yaakob, and a scepter shall rise out of Yisrael and shall smite the corners of Moab, and shall destroy the sons of Sheth. And Edom shall be a possession, and Seir shall be a possession, enemies, and Yisrael is doing mightily. A ruler shall come from Yaakov, and destroy the remnant from Ar. He then looked at Amalek, and he took up this proverb and said, Amalek was first among the nations, but his latter end is to perish forever. And then he looked to the Canaanites, he took up his proverb and said, Firm is your dwelling place, and your nest is placed on the rock, but Cain is to be burned. Till when does Usher keep you captive? And he took up this proverb and said, Oh, who lives when El does this? And ships shall come from the coasts of Kitten, and they shall afflict Asher and afflict Ever, and shall, and so shall Elimelech. And he also perishes. And Bilam arose and left, and returned to his place, and Balak also went his way. Nine more verses here in chapter 25. And Yisrael dwelt in Shittim, and the people began to whore with the daughters of Moab. Please note. Remember when, I, remember when Bilam's like, there's no amount of sorcery, there's no amount of cursing that would do any good Right? When the people are walking with Jehovah, they're protected. There's nothing that the occult can do, nothing the enemy can do. Here's when God's people can become, I would say, attacked. When the doors are open. It's when God's people move away from the things of God and they chase after the lust of their own hearts. That's when they become compromised. And this is sadly how this Parsha is ending. And Yisrael dwelt in Shittim, and the people began to whore with the daughters of Moab. And they invited the people to the slaughterings of their mighty ones, and the people ate and bowed down to their mighty ones. Thus Yisrael has joined Baal, Peor. And the displeasure of Jehovah burned against Yisrael. 
And Yehovah said to Moshe, Take all the leaders of the people and hang them up before Yehovah, before the sun, so that the burning displeasure of Yehovah turns away from Yisrael. Moshe said to the judges of Yisrael, Each one of you slay his men who were joined to Baal Peor. And see, one of the children of Yisrael came and brought to his brothers a Midianite woman before the eyes of Moshe and before the eyes of all the congregation of the children of Israel, who were weeping at the door of the tent of appointment. And Pinehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, the Kohen saw it, and he rose up from among the congregation, he took a spear in his hand, and he went after the man of Yisrael into a tent and thrust both of them through. The man of Yisrael... The woman through her abdomen. Thus the plague among the children of Israel came to a stop. And those who died in the plague were 24,000. And that is how the portion ends this morning. I'm out of time, my friends, but I hope that you've been blessed. And I actually enjoy these studies, especially the ones that raise more questions than they answer gives us a reason to dig it gives us a reason to think it gives us a reason to spend the day throughout the day pondering god's word and god's ways and i think it strengthens us in our faith and strengthens us in our walk and i just hope that you've been blessed this morning thanks for listening peace and grace be with all of you and until next time god bless